Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Welcome to Propane Business Podcast. We are here with Emma Story Gordon, who is currently sipping on a pint of Monster, which she says is the normal portion, but it is the normal portion, but that doesn't mean that it's it's a healthy, it's a safe portion. Uh, it's like it's a normal portion, okay? And I am just a very small person. This is a normal sized can. It just looks large next to me. You've got a, a second drink as well, I noticed. Yeah, um, Yusuf, you'll know about this, but I'm actually on amtripsine for back pain. And my mouth is constantly dry, which means that when I do podcasts, I need like I need to be hydrated all the time. I see. So you have to have a pint of Monster, two grams yeah. of caffeine, and then a separate drink. And also a separate, which is um, sugar-free Vimto. Nice. Vimto is an underrated drink. Yeah, it really is. Agreed. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So we actually... So I've known Emma for, I think, 12 years now. Back in I know, it's crazy. Smart, Thanks like... for having me on the podcast. I'm like, and genuinely, propane fit- fitness got me into online coaching. Wow. Why haven't you, credited, why haven't you given us credit before, Emma? I why is this the first this time? I had said this on like a tweet or something before. I've definitely said this multiple times before. But you guys were doing it, like you were the first online fitness thing that i started following obviously because yusuf and i were at the same university and we used to train at the same uni at gym even we used to train at the same gym and that's where i first started reading like i think you were doing at the time like and then i got into this i completely blame you but i'm sure you were doing car backloading and like documenting it oh god yeah yeah so then i was like oh my god yes i'm gonna do car backloading and that was my first ever diet that that was wow summoning the the piss taking from mark keys as well um <laughs> anything that we would do that was remotely teenationy just we just he would lay the smack down whenever we whenever we were in the gym but well, anything that's not a big calorie surplus and barbells mark keys doesn't like hey that's... i remember him doing intermittent fasting while training for a powerlifting competition i feel like he'll never let the light of day see <laughs> like, that's like an embarrassing old facebook photo oh, don't tell anyone i did intermittent fasting oh, so you guys have known each other since uni basically yeah it, it, it's so interesting as well seeing like the when you know someone early on and you both kind of on a, a similar track and just seeing the the different uh routes that you take um because obviously emma was a personal trainer at the gym that i that i trained at and kind of came into online coaching whereas we've kind of we we've never done in-person PT and we've kind of come around through kind of the information product uh, blogging style route um, and it's, it's interesting it to see is interesting because you, you often see personal trainers now like you can't just be an online personal trainer if you haven't been personal trainer before and I'm mm. like they are so different and I think lockdown has made people realize that as well because they just think they can move their physical or like their face-to-face business online and mm. actually the skills that you need as you guys know, are completely different. And and I do think there are some crossovers, like you know, being a good face-to-face trainer might mean that you can transfer some of that knowledge online. But it doesn't mean that like, if you're a good online trainer, it doesn't mean you're a good face-to-face trainer and vice versa. And I'll put my hands up and say, I was not a particularly good face-to-face trainer purely because I just didn't enjoy it that much. So That's what didn't you enjoy about it? I don't, I don't think I enjoyed just mundane chat all day and and i honestly not to offend any personal trainers but like i felt like my brain was dying a little bit and it might have been the clients i was getting so i i worked when i did full-time like when i knew yusuf i was also at university and i wasn't even a personal trainer i was just like a gym assistant at the gym 
so I didn't find that boring because like I mean I'm sure you noticed that we didn't really do that much we just hung around but when I was doing most of my face-to-face training I was down in London and it was like quite high-end clients I hadn't picked the clients up myself off the gym floor they were like given to me and honestly I felt like none of them like enjoyed it or wanted to be there but they would just keep buying sessions which I, I guess is like good for business but it wasn't fulfilling for me and yeah I, I actually remember a woman stopping me in the session and just saying I don't like doing the same exercises <laughs> and and it, basically she wanted but even like I was like okay well we're gonna do three sets on this and she was like no 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 we just do <laughs> one set you always have like that you've got this like horrible uh dilemma as a personal trainer where like and I'm, I'm sure you will have you're, you're kind of you've kind of put, alluded to the fact that there's you've got a different type of client that becomes a personal trainer client compared to someone who signs up for coaching in terms of how high their agency is and how, how self-motivated they are. And, and whereas a lot of people who hire a personal trainer, not everyone, but some people are looking for variety and for like a cheerleader rather than someone to actually have an overview of their, their total programming and, and goals. And so I do see trainers struggle with this, where they've got this dichotomy between like having to try and like, trick someone into doing progressive overload but also keep them entertained and not just make them do the same exercise otherwise like you've got and especially when the client himself is is complaining with oh i don't want to do three sets of the same exercise like if that's the level of variety that you need god help you yeah yeah and it was and it was about like entertaining them and just counting their reps and stuff and then yeah i wasn't enjoying it but you're right it is it's a different client that comes for online coaching or that does well with online coaching and a lot of what I do now is I guess more the diet side and not even like the diet side but more the behavior change side which we know is like the kind of the key to getting anyone good results mm-hmm. um when it comes to I guess it, I guess again it depends on the clients you're having but when it comes to like my kind of clients who tend to be or who I really like working with are women like men as well but mostly women who have dieted their whole life done slimming world done weight watchers like tried low carb nothing works for them and then i find something that works for them like that's my ideal client so for them it's a lot of behavior change it's a bit of education and then it's applying that into their life and thinking about maintenance and not just oh i can probably stick to this low carb diet for six weeks so satisfying as well when you've got someone who's got all the motivation and everything, but they're just doing the wrong things and you just go, mm-hmm. you just change the direction that they're in and suddenly they just take off and their physique just looks amazing. And you're like, that's brilliant. Like they've, they have all the right ingredients, but they just need to, a little bit of finessing. Yeah. Um, I always about- say that they, they're, they're putting in so much effort, but that effort is placed in the wrong, like in the wrong places. Yeah. And as soon as they can place that effort in the right places, that's when they're going to get results. And it's often it's often too much effort as well. Certainly with people we work with, it's like they'll list this like really complicated training program or really advanced. Like Yusuf has this story of people just like cold approaching him and telling him like how many scoops of whey they have in the morning. Oh, and, like you'd be trying to get on with the set, someone can be like, oh, I've seen your uh, your website. So <laughs> I, I get up and I have two scoops, PhD, strawberry, uh, whey isolate, Right, two scoops. D- with, diet way, isolate. With, diet way, how many oats? Yeah. Rolled uh, Irish oats, 30 grams, and, and some brown Ezekiel bread yeah. and salmon. And then 10 a.m., you're like, mate, like, this is completely It's the fish and a rice cake all over again. It is. Do you know what's worse? I don't, I don't just get that in the gym. I get that, like, not that I go out very often, but I've had that in, like, nightclubs. I'll be like, I think we shared oh, a meal. you were into fitness. Yeah, I shared a meme about it and it was like someone would just come up and like, like, oh, you know, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. Like, this is what I have on a, on a day-to-day basis. I'm like, oh God, like, this is why I don't go out. So unfortunately, I've, <laughs> I've now introduced a, a new set of problems, which is that plus, Yusuf, can you just take a look at this rash on my ball sack? And it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I- yeah, because yeah, no one wants to go to the GP. They just want to ask Yusuf. It's like, Yusuf. Or, you know, just ask anyone on Instagram. Because that's yeah. just as good as going to the doctor now. It's just as good, isn't it? Um, the, the thing you said about like having to, the, how you want your day to look like and avoiding the shit chat 
that you like the kind of mundane chat honestly the primary reason why i've started cutting my hair at home and i think I'm just i gonna... was about to say really impressed i was like you, you don't have lockdown hair at all so i um i just got also fine but it, it doesn't i was gonna bad. say like but yeah i thought like mm, where you know where's this going emma <laughs> Like, is there, is, there, is there something wrong? I, I have done one lockdown haircut, but I'm due another one. I just can't find an appointment with myself. That's the trouble. I'm just fully booked. Such a busy man. I know. Everyone wants a haircut. But Yusuf is very so impressive. So, like, have you actually been doing that yourself? Like, how so, have you done the back? So, Amazon, I bought um, a set of, like, barber scissors and some uh, thinning ones, a small mirror and clippers. And the trick is, you when you do the clipping, you, like, do it in a curve motion away from your oh. head sorted so you just do the back and the front it looks it wow. looks much worse in person like it looks way worse in person is that am i just seeing like your good side at the good angle like this what's is the, the one angle like? if i just stay like this then no one knows the rest that's is what the 10 feet long that's what the camo software is emma it's like when you're asking oh. before it's it's because you said it's so bad that there has to be this like overlay that we can't see that it looks good this is off topic, but have you seen there's a filter <laughs> that applies onto people's faces to make them look like they're smiling, like a really big cheesy grin? <laughs> there's a guy that just films people on like the tube uh, or like going down the escalator <laughs> and they're all looking up like, and then it, it's class. Um, oh, having glasses like that throughout your life would just be really nice. Everyone's smiling at you. It's true, mm. actually. You probably have a better life because you start, you then create this positive cycle with everyone around you. It's hard to not smile back, isn't it? Have you ever tried that? You can't to... not smile back at someone. I think you can, but it's a bit weird because, like, you, you you like go like that, like you have to suppress a smile. Like, not gonna do it, not gonna do it. Oh, damn! You can you laugh without smiling? No, not unless uh, it goes uh, like back inside. Yeah, like, <laughs> bottle it down. I think I could fake laugh without smiling, but I don't think I could real real laugh. Can just you do a downward the, smile for the sake of the YouTube trailer. Can we all just oh. try it? A laugh without smiling. Emma, are you up for this? That was it. Is that your downward smile? It's what my downward smile. Is that just a frown? <laughs> well, no, because I'm smiling. This is this is the biggest tangent we've ever gone on on, on any know podcast. What? Podcast. Um, I mean, if, if people aren't watching on YouTube, then this is just going to be a great segment for yeah. them. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I, I always forget about my favorite thing that has ever happened on this podcast is when you sneezed when dr mike was on what happened there i can't remember like nothing you you sneeze oh no i think you blew your nose oh and it blew his but, mind like really loudly into the mic and mike was just like kept talking he was like <laughs> he sent it to the group and he was like i am so proud like he's like this is when you know you're a professional podcaster like not once did i flinch i just carried on in my train of thought and like like as if nothing was happening uh, yeah, Chris always like stops and brings attention to it. You're like, Chris, just let me you go do, and blow my nose in peace. You do love a nose blow. You always Sometimes blow you your just nose. have to. I think it's a really like it's quite a like a mature thing to do. Like I don't really blow my nose. Like, I don't I'm carry a hanky. Get my handkerchief out of my yeah. So you you, you you have a hanky, right? You have a hanky. I've, I've got a hanky. <laughs> I just think it's a bit minging personally, but that's okay. I don't. Like, how long a, do you keep the same hanky? No, I, I don't have a hanky. Like, I, th I think it's like, especially in the age of COVID, like imagine just having this like, okay. yeah, awful. So yes, you've, you went from gym assistant to personal trainer. You took a route into academia. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so when I decided my brain was dying, I went and worked in diabetes research for a couple of years. And then I, this, so this is kind of what started my, and throughout that I was always doing like, a bit of like posting on Instagram or maybe it was more Facebook at that point and doing a bit of fitness modeling and still enjoying fitness. And I think I had like three or four online uh, clients like kind of throughout that. And then I started a PhD, which like failed. Like I, I'd done maybe like six months work and then something happened with the ethics, which legally I'm not meant to talk about. But anyway, I had to destroy all of the data and they kind of wanted me to start again and I just couldn't like I had no love left for it and I thought that that love would return but it did not return and anyway at that stage I was like right if I'm gonna do online coaching like I'm gonna have to like put all my effort into it and actually do it well and I think it was a good kick actually to just be like right all your effort is now here like it's not a side project anymore 
you need to make this work and then it's worked quite well since then so how because i think people see 3dmj like sit i mean they're, they're the best representation right eric helms i think is the person everyone immediately thinks of when they think like he's doing a phd he's got a master's he's got all this this kind of like higher level education how could i possibly be an online coach when i don't have any of that so how how important do you think that stuff is so you, you went from that world transitioning into online coaching how much of it's um, helped how much of it didn't help honestly i don't think it's important at all like i think there are aspects that help like and and honestly the biggest aspect that helps is that i can read literature and i can interpret literature that's like that's really it not once have i had a client say oh you don't have a phd <laughs> okay <laughs> you definitely can't help me lose body fat like it's not really about that and i think he's slightly different in that like a lot of his clients are that elite level like yeah. how can i get that one percent to be better next year for my bodybuilding show my mm. clients are not like that they want to lose weight and and my background is actually useful in the sense that because it was in diabetes and cardiovascular disease and a lot of that was like an obesity more generally that i know a lot of the complications i know a lot of the drugs that people might be on to have a bit of background in that but aside from that which could be taught without you I mean you don't need a phd or a master's or anything to, to teach yourself that or to learn about that then yeah I, do, that- I don't think you need it you um you did a video on exenatide injections, which seems to be the kind of trending thing at the minute as well, um, which I guess is very useful if that you're if you're au fait with the literature in something like that, and you're able to communicate that science to the layman, especially when you can catch the sale of um, something that makes the news like like this, like people using diabetes um, injections to for weight loss, and then you can be like, hey, so I'm I'm kind of the intermediary here between research and you as the clients and i'm going to just communicate what the pros and cons of this are yeah that's what i've always wanted to be is just sort of like understanding the academic world but also being able to apply that and it's something that i found within academia that was done very poorly in the i and i guess there isn't a huge outlet for that you know you've got your conferences which one are extremely expensive if you want to attend them and you're not like presenting at them for example um, and two, they're not the information that's given out there is not in lay terms, like it's not understandable by general population. So there is a gap for people to like interpret that information, take out what's actually needed, and explain it. And I think people do like to understand. So it's not enough just to be like, you shouldn't be taking these injections because they're medications. Like it's okay, why? And actually, do they work? And how would they work? And and why might they not work for me? Because in that case they probably won't work unless you have some of these complications. Like a lot of the obesity drugs, especially ones that regulate hunger and satiety, they, they won't work unless you already have a problem with that regulation. Like if I took that injection, nothing would happen because I already have like sensitive leptin and, and like I'm sensitive to insulin and I don't have like dysregulation with my appetite signals. So understanding that sort of process is, is useful for people. And I don't, I think, I think there's more and more people that are not just, they don't just want to know, Oh, it's not enough just to be like, that's, that sounds like a fad. It's okay. What are the benefits of it? And why doesn't that apply to me? Or how can I get those benefits in a way that isn't injecting myself? So for personal trade or for online coaches who want to stay in their lane and don't have academic experience, have you got any advice for them? Like, let's say, they've got their own set of um, of knowledge, but they don't feel like they're qualified to comment on some of these things. Have you got any advice on what kind of content they should be producing? Um, so little link to my own business, but I've just written a nutrition course with Amelia, Dr. Amelia Thompson. And that really breaks down things. And, it, and it's so it's not of the level of something like MNU, which is basically a university level course. It was meant to be something that is a affordable and b like accessible by everyone. So some of our clients are doing it, or like some people who would be our clients, like that sort of bracket. But also some personal trainers are doing it, and it breaks down the information in a way that can be translated to your clients. So in terms of your question, like you could either 
educate educate yourself sir, like further which is what i would hope that people would want to do or you can and people do very well off this is like be a bit of a hub where you're like oh okay emma's explained that really quite well i'm going to share her post or so and so has explained that well i'm going to share the post the only problem you have there is that you're you're trusting that i have done my research like you're not vetting me or you might have followed me for years and you think oh she knows what she's talking about but i get stuff wrong and then it's like if you've shared that then that kind of links back to you so I think educating yourself further is definitely the way to go. Um, but also remember that we need different people for different things. Like you might be the exercise person who shares really great demos of certain exercises and you stay away from other things. Or you might be like the recipe person who gives out amazing, like my recipes are awful. I don't have recipes because I don't, I'm not someone who's interested in cooking particularly but some people are brilliant at that and I'll share their recipes. Like I'm always sharing Scott Baptist's recipes and I share out his ebook and like my clients buy his ebook and that, sorry, I don't share out his ebook just to be, just to be clear here. I'm not giving <laughs> um, we, we've actually but, had that before. We had someone message us being like, Oh mate, I've just seen your ebook. And actually I was going to write the same thing. So can I just use yours and um, rebrand it for my, we were like 10,000 pounds. please. The person at the time, <laughs> was really well known as well i don't know whether well not when i'm going to say his name but i think we were both very shocked i mean at least that's asked. so funny people, do. people would ask that and then you almost feel bad for saying like no it, it's so, so funny he, ch- he like, chased us he yeah, was like, like harassing us for not replying you're like leave what, us alone what you can always do is like you watch you watch a series you watch breaking bad and you go oh i was gonna make you send the director an email and you go can i use that this, yeah this guy's stolen my idea off me and, and made it and then tried to palm it off and sell it back to me unbelievable <laughs> yeah i think the um the other th- the thing that we see that's really common is like someone will see like ah oh, emma's d- emma did this really great video about that nutrition topic like that's that done now no i can't use that as my content like that bit of that like that side of nutritional explanations being taken and I think that's just because the fitness industry, especially online, is so circular. Everyone's in this world where, like, out and yours is probably the same. Like, my newsfeed or the, the propane newsfeed on Instagram, for example, is just like fitness coach, fitness coach, fitness coach. Like, there's not nothing else we follow. So you get involved in that world and think that I can't possibly say anything new here because it's all been said. Forget about the fact that there's billions of people who don't know any of the information that's inside the fitness industry. And really, that's that's like the role of the agents in the industry is to take the, like, take the evidence and the information and kind of the current wave and make that accessible to people who don't understand these things mm-hmm. in these terms. Yeah. And I think if someone's feeling like that, like as a coach, well, one, you're not making, like I wasn't making that video for other coaches particularly. I mean, kind of, but that's a very bad example. But if I had a more like simple, like, Oh, this is how you set up your meals to make sure you're hitting your protein. Mm. that's not for other coaches like that's for my clients like you've got to remember who you're trying to serve and I think Mm. being quite clear about that is really useful but also even if you wanted to make a video that was about the same topic at around the same time it's even enough just to say oh Emma made these really good points bam 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 and like like credit someone but also say I just wanted to add like for my clients who might be, I don't know. There's always like something that you might want to add. And so I think just making sure that you're crediting people where credit is, because otherwise you just make little like people get, start getting annoyed at you in the industry. Someone called their fitness business, the exact same name as mine, like not that long ago. And someone had tagged me in it being like, this is the same name as Emma Story Gordon's fitness, but like it was commit to six. And then really? they replied, so I didn't message them. And they messaged me being like, oh, it's like one of your friends mentioned that it's the same name as your business. She's like, I just, I, I already knew that. I just couldn't think of anything else that, that um, rhymed with six. And I was like, commit doesn't rhyme with six. <laughs> oh but. my God. Like, of, of course you could think of a different name. Like, it's not even particularly oh, i don't know it was just quite strange and the thing is i wouldn't have minded about that unless someone had thought oh i'm signing up to commit six and it was their commit six not mine or something yeah yeah the way I mean, the best way around that Emma, is to just use a shit name like no one wants propane fitness 
because no one really knows why it's called propane fitness. So no right. one- so it was Johnny's idea of a joke at the time. We were yeah. when we started propane. We set it up. So Johnny set up a blog called Optimum Fitness Systems, and then. And loads of people had stolen my idea already yeah. and um, already done webs. I know. Unbelievable. Files like this. But... To me, I thought of in my own head Tamagotchi Fitbits. And then I realized someone had already made them. Because I was like, this is like this will get all of the kids moving. Like they're gonna love it. Do a thing and nobody nobody buys them. So just send send that company a cease and desist letter, <laughs> a really strongly worded letter, and just be like, guys. Sorry, but it was mm. in here first. So, um, yeah, so we, we, we had the Optimum Fitness Systems and then Googled it. 500,000 people had stolen the idea first. So then Johnny was like, how about propane fitness? And me and Dan, the other guy at the time, were like, no. And then we're like, actually, you know what? They're Optimum Fitness Systems. Because I, I thought like propane, like that's a gas, isn't it? And like gas is explosive. And like, I'm sure big things use propane like you know explosions and muscles and fitness and stuff so we'll call it that but i think someone told us about a year later that propane actually burns purple at a really low temperature and it's a really like disappointing safe gas as gases hey you guys are efficient and that's what matters (laughs) nice i like that that's why we're called propane fitness I'm, i'm glad we finally cracked it after all these years there we go. But yeah, so it was a joke, basically. And then before we knew it, like we had branding and a website, a domain name and a limited business. And it was like, it's probably too late to change it now. So probably. So, so Emma, yeah. um, you, you've basically, so because we, we branded it as, you know, Propane Fitness and very much set it aside from ourselves. You know, we had the Propane Protocol and all of our methods and systems are very much not, you know, that we're not the face of the, of the business in terms of the branding, but we are in the content. Whereas I think you've gone down the route of like, you know, Emma Story Gordon Fitness, like you you are intrinsically linked to the brand. Um, and looking back, I think that was a smart move. It seems like everything's moving much yeah, more. I was yeah. just, I was just thinking that like, I think it is easier to build a brand around yourself than it is to build like its own entity. But I do think that it's easier to grow a brand that is its own entity. So for example, like you just bring on more propane fitness trainers. Cool. Like that's, that's quite easy. And I do have ESG fitness trainers now, but I think it's harder and it, it would be harder if I wanted to step away from it mm. because like that, like I am, the fate or i am my own business but that's kind of what i try to do with commit to six is like grow it as its own thing that makes sense that considerations what well i mean it's not that's ridiculous we didn't think about that at the start but like when you think back it's like why might i have made that decision it's um all the advice we give now is like if you were to have someone working for you and they speak to a client and they're expecting Yusuf and they get someone who isn't Johnny or Yusuf. It's like, like, what's this? Um, but you're dead right that like people I think have this, like they hold brands at an arm's length more, more than a personal brand. So it's like, this is a company emailing me. This is a, a company's Instagram. This is like a business trying to sell me something versus this is a person that I follow. And there's a whole comparison of like Cristiano Ronaldo has more followers than, and he thought, I think he's got the most followers on anyone on Instagram, actually, maybe. I think he's winning. I think he's in the lead. Um, but yeah, he's got more followers than the, the brands he'd be associated with. Like Elon Musk's got more followers than Tesla or SpaceX or anything like that. So people do follow people, basically, on social media. So if you found that to be key and part, in, like, as part of growing your business. Yeah, I think it's been really important. And I think you're right that it's uh, that marketing slogan that's like, no like and trust is much easier to know, like and trust a person than yeah. it is a brand. But it does become, I think that, I mean, I wouldn't say it's necessarily an issue. There are definitely ways around it, but more a consideration when you're trying to grow that brand. So the, one of the other considerations of having a personal brand is that if you're the face of the business, there's a lot of pressure on you to look a certain way and to always be lean year round. And unless you go for the, the, the classic fit pro method of get lean once, take photos, um, take like 300 photos and then just schedule them out for the next decade and pretend that you're always shredded. Um, but that is, that, that is an issue because that, you know, you, you then 
it affects how you train and you think well if i'm gonna like change my training goal and not actually look as good for a while does that make me less credible or um does that place kind of not only the pressures of like seeing people on the news feed and body images and kind of these expected things but also like i have to look like this to eat next month like to pay the bills um and so it's, it's no surprise that a lot of the like fitness instagram influencers use like photoshop all the time and all kinds of drugs just to maintain a certain look yeah i think or i would hope and at least within sort of my circle of clients and i guess you you like get back what you or you're attracting the clients that you that from the information you put out so for many years i was really lean and then towards the end of saying that lean i actually felt a bit like i was like i don't know like saying one thing and doing another because i'd be like guys you can go out and socialize like you can do this like it's life balance that's what we're going for and then i'd be like yeah i have an eight pack <laughs> like and or i'd be like my clients would be like oh, i just don't think i'll ever be able to get a six pack and i was like yeah do you know what like it's really hard for women and you just might not be able to get it and like actually given your lifestyle and what your values are and what your priorities are you probably just like maybe it's not the ideal goal for you and they'd be like yeah but you've got one and I'm like yeah uh, like I don't know it was when you're trying to preach more like balance and sustainability like having abs year round is not balance and sustainability but I'd be trying to explain that to my clients and they would probably look at me and be like but you do it or or I'd be explaining that it's not particularly healthy for women and they'd be like yeah but you you have abs year, year round and I'd be mm. like oh yeah okay and I think part of it was a bit growing up and there was like there was that pressure I felt for me to stay in shape and I don't know if it was real if that makes sense like I don't know if I wouldn't have built as big a business if I hadn't stayed in shape year round but I think getting in shape definitely helped and I had like a comment from someone once being like, I came for the abs, but I stayed for the information. And I think that kind of epitomizes like how you grow a business is that, do you know what? Sometimes you're growing your business of something that is very fickle, like, oh, she looks good. I'll just follow her. Not, not wanting any information or anything. And then like, oh, actually, I didn't know I wanted to know that, but now I know that. And oh, that's quite interesting. And oh, she puts out good information. I'll stay and then they stay for a while and they're like actually I trust you enough to buy from you and you sound like you know what you're doing and none of my clients comes to me saying well very rarely come to me saying oh I, I want to look like you that's why I'm working with you it's like oh I followed you for a while I listened to all your podcasts you put out great information I want to work with you and that's such a more like I value that client much more than someone who's just like yeah I was hoping you do a six-week shred so I can get some abs like that's not really what I want to do anymore. Uh, so I don't know if that answers that. But I do yeah. see that there is like a huge pressure for some people. But, and we spoke about this briefly before we started, like I know some people that it's kind of like WBFF pros and things that maybe look absolutely amazing. That was, that was very off. That was strange, wasn't it? What happened there? Have you just taken your camera the angle of of his his camera just pretend that i'm not that professional but yeah there are people that look amazing and have huge followings and things but don't necessarily have a good business or more to the point people don't want to buy from them they just want to look at pictures of them which is fine if that's what you want your instagram to be about but if you're trying to grow a business off your instagram mm. i think it's really important to offer value yeah i think that it's it is probably a barrier for people if they feel like they don't look like a, like, you know, fitness model, cover model, whatever. Um, I think there is a, I think it comes back to like, what is the result you're trying to help someone else get? And have you done that yourself? Because I think if you haven't, it does just, even if it's subconscious, like the, the client is going to be sat there thinking like, why, like, if you know the answers to this, why have you not done it yourself? Like, yeah, is it not that great? getting to this end point or like is it really difficult and you've not been able to do it i think it's what when people have a ton of testimonials but haven't done the thing themselves it's like well how do i know that all of your testimonials weren't just going to succeed regardless if you've not got any evidence and it doesn't mean that i don't think it means that everyone has to be absolutely to be an online coach but i think you, ha you have to have some kind of relevant experience yourself right to have experienced what it's like to have yeah. been in these people's situations 
that's interesting because I think I have this discussion quite a lot like like are you your own business card as a trainer and to some extent you are and people are like yeah but it matters more about what you know not what you look like it's like yeah but you can have both like mm. you can stay in shape and I don't mean stay in shape as in like ridiculously lean abs all year round but stay in shape and and have knowledge as well like it's not like it's what's yeah. more important this or this or what it's there's always this in fitness isn't there? this false dichotomy like what should i do hit or resistance training it's like why not try a bit of both yeah and maybe both. a bit of cardio as well yeah because so, you've got you what you're saying emma is that like you kind of went so far in the physique that like so optimized for it that you were like shredded to the point where your client you're telling your clients like this may not be achievable for you but I work in this industry like I am my business card and and you know I, I have to do this and I have more time to spend on training because it's it's a high priority for me but maybe it's not for you that is kind of more explainable to then say like well here's how far you could take it if you really pushed it but for your purposes if you're busy you can maybe take it to here but the example Johnny gave of being in terrible shape and advising people on how to get in good shape, especially if, because a lot of the industry now is talking about, yeah, sustainable fitness and saying how like you, you can work a full-time job, but still be in good shape. And if that's the message you're trying to get across, but you're in bad shape, it's very difficult to have an excuse of like, Oh, but I'm like really busy. So like, I don't have time to train, like, but I play football five times like five aside football once a week and you just like okay the, the reply is always like oh yeah but you saying bolts faster than his running coach isn't it or stuff like that and you just think well like maybe so but you would hope to hell that you saying bolts coaches like run 100 meters before and like Dane bolts co- like to compare yourself to usain bolts coach it's <laughs> it's a very like oh yeah I'm, I'm just i'm basically like the olympic coach but yeah I'm just, yeah, um, yeah no i find that interesting because I used to do athletics and so many of the coaches were really overweight and, and well, yeah, like weren't in shape at all. And some of them hadn't competed. Really? It was, it was a bit like, it was quite strange, but I never thought that at the time. I never thought like if my coach was like, oh, I'm doing another like 400 meter rep, I wouldn't be like, you can't even run 400 meters. Like it didn't, it did not. Right. No, you, you do it then. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, let's, let's see yours then, mate. Come on then. Coaching is very different. Like as in sport coaching is very different to personal training. And I, I don't know exactly why, but I think it's because, and I hate this term. No, I'm not even going to use it. I was going to say something a little bit about life coaching, but it's not that it's just that personal training is a bit more holistic. You're getting people to like do habits. It's not, when you're coaching athletes, you're just kind of prescribing, like they're already so motivated. You're not changing their lifestyle as such. You're just mm. making sure that they're doing their training and, and you're programming that or working on a technique or something. I don't know why, but there is a huge difference there. So, yeah. We wrote an article about this like five or six years ago where Yusuf just went to town with all these examples of like advanced um advanced motorway driving or something from a guy who's just got his provisional license and like all like loads of loads of examples to take the piss out of people um but there's a but this comes up a lot as well what about um a doctor who smokes so i don't think doctors should smoke at least not publicly um <laughs> because like i think it's just it's a really bad impression like if you're if you're outside like in your scrubs and stethoscope smoking a cigarette i just think you've got it's very it's a bit rich to be like oh well you you know your atherosclerotic risk is higher if you smoke it's like it just so i i'm very laissez-faire with professional behavior and i think outside of work you should be able to do whatever you want like the whole the, the german model of like the business executive who's getting ball gagged and spanked at night um but he turns up for work on time and he does what he needs to do fine by me like i but <laughs> what an example it's, it's the why classic. how did you go from I love, medical I yeah, guys, you know that classic example. Yeah, everyone knows. Yeah. A, everyone knows a German executive who's getting <laughs> yeah. ball gagged at night, and it's, I don't it's know like, anyone like that. It's like the the Berlin lifestyle. Like you, you know, they they, they live these like really high profile, like um, professional, high flying jobs, and then they go to the leather clubs at night and the leather ones, yeah. Fun. But but they're anyway, on time. What's that? 
but they're on time so it's okay but they're on time so yeah so yeah as long as they're, as long as they're not smoking while they're doing it that's the important part but the so, doctor thing is quite insensitive as well isn't it like imagine one of your someone walks in who's getting treatment for like lung cancer this year doctor smoking something that i think you can really uh recover from is if you're an ex-smoker as a doctor in fact i think that's stronger so i yeah one of my consultants used to be a smoker and um she was telling someone who had a stroke she was like um you you need to quit smoking like it's really like you've you've just had a stroke you're in hospital and now you're going out for a cigarette like you 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 obviously haven't learned your lesson from this it's not that hard we can get you some nicotine patches i've quit if i can do it then you can because I've got shit willpower. And so, and I was like, wow, that is awesome. Like to be able to, like that even makes me want to start smoking just so that I can quit, just so that I can tell people I've quit smoking too. Um, so I think that is different. And it's the same, because that shows that you've been at the same point as you, you've faced the same challenges as your client and you've been able to overcome it. And so hiring a fat personal trainer, not helpful, but hiring a personal trainer who used to be fat and now it isn't, is much more credible. Or like, that there's a few of these situations so like a marriage counselor if someone um if you have a marriage counselor who's 15 times divorced not a good sign but if they're 15 times divorced and now they've had a their last marriage is the most is still going and it's been going on 10 years and it's really successful then they've clearly learned from their lessons yeah yeah i think it is it's quite motivational isn't it and, and i think if you're a personal trainer listening who's like okay well i've not been fat what do i do think there's a couple of things like one really understanding how hard it is to lose weight and not just oh yeah it's hard but like why it's hard what gets dysregulated and how that might affect things I even try and compare this and it's not a direct comparison but things like leptin resistance and insulin resistance which means that your body's not going to be able to sense how much stored energy it has which means it's still gonna have your drive to eat be much higher isn't that dissimilar to when you are very lean and genuinely have low leptin levels so if you're like oh yeah i've done a bodybuilding competition but i've never been overweight cool how did you feel just before that bodybuilding competition like how hungry were you now try and compare that to like how someone who's very overweight might feel even though they do have that excess energy because i think a lot of them are still so naive to be like well you've got loads of fat so how can you possibly be hungry like it's not that simple, unfortunately. Otherwise, no one, well, maybe we still would be overweight just from eating for the sake of eating, but much less people would be overweight and it would be like half the problem it is. Yeah, that's so true. Like the only silver lining of being being that hungry is that like, oh, at least I'm shredded. But if and you're starving. not, what's that? And starving, shredded and starving at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> what that yeah. article was based on, well, the reason I wrote that article was because I watched Goodwill Hunting of either have you seen that film no i don't actually have a tv oh that's okay you don't need a tv to watch it you can watch it on a a mobile device but i don't have like a tv license or a netflix or anything like that okay so we'll we'll talk about that we'll circle back to that because i feel like that's a that's an interesting thing to say i just Um, have my business that's what keeps me warm at night and just focus focus on making money and yeah um but in goodwill hunting which Emma's going to watch on a mobile device at the next available opportunity. There's a, there's a scene where there's a guy, like the younger guys, read loads of books around loads of topics and is trying to school this older guy who's read less books around less topics, fewer topics, fewer books, fewer topics. Yeah. Read less, hasn't read as many things. And uh, the younger guy's like trying to school this older guy. And he's like, well, you can tell me about like all the books you've read about love, but you've never being in love with someone you can tell me all the books you've read about art but you've never seen the Sistine Chapel you can tell me about war but you've never like this guy had been to Vietnam so is the point being like there is just an aspect to experiencing some of these things that you can't really read because it's all just from the perspective of the person who's written the information or presented the information so having struggled to lose weight for example I do think puts you in a position where you can really relate to someone else who is struggling to lose weight so that example you so gave around the, the doctor having quit smoking is really like as that is the poster poster person for giving up smoking because like i acquired this information i had this habit the information led me to believe that this habit was a bad idea so i stopped this is how you can do the same thing and i think it's just having information is is a bit tricky I, from my perspective anyway to be like the best coach you could be it doesn't mean you can't help someone that you've not had direct experience with 
that for example yeah like, empathy mm. and also know that like what worked for you and the experiences you had with losing weight might be completely different than someone else's sure. and sure. yeah I, I like the the what's the example about like love and things and it, i always find it quite interesting when like i don't know like a 16 year old writes a like best hit or i don't know some amazing song about love and you're just like it was 16 like can't possibly mm. have or when you realize like how lo- how young romeo and juliet were yeah and that is like the poster of love and things and i mm. do think experience counts for a lot but it doesn't leave you like if you're giving someone advice, you're like, okay, well you need to is experience do now. So I do think like education and learning and reading is Definitely. important, but you're right. Yeah. It's not, it's not a replacement, but you can like, although I've never been hugely overweight. Like, I mean, I've, I've just had to lose quite, so I lost 25 pounds during lockdown. Wow. Which I am. Yeah. So I put on like a fair, like a lot of weight with the back problem. And it wasn't obviously you don't have to put on weight with a back problem, but I mean, I did. And so losing that, that was probably the first time I've had to really focus on losing weight to like, I mean, a large amount of weight. So not just going from like relatively lean to very lean, but actually going from like quite out of shape for me to back in shape. So I I learned a lot doing that, but well, actually, no, I didn't like in terms of weight loss, I didn't because it was just like, putting the like I don't know doing the basics and doing them consistently but I learned a hell of a lot in terms of how empathetic I am as a coach from back pain like I think and again you're right like if I look back and like I, I think I've always been empathetic to or at least tried to be but having experienced it is a completely different thing and knowing that like some days are better than others and just like that it's not just physical it very much affects your whole life and not being able to drive or walk at times like it's not just the physical things it's it's how that impacts the rest of your life and how you feel like almost trapped like I can't go anywhere even if I wanted or needed to and that was quite scary and I guess we've all experienced that in lockdown like if something happens to a family member and you're in lockdown you can't go and see them and it was Mm. sort of the same you feel like trapped like if anything happened during that time like there's nothing I could have done because i was like stuck to the floor so yeah i think um like you can learn empathy but there is a lot to be said from experience as well so yeah it's a pretty horrible experience having back pain um i just i just did a video on my experience with it as well and i suppose that the marketing lesson is that yeah you you face a you face some problem and you overcome it preferably using the systems that you that you teach and then it's like right that's the best fuel for content because i can then um, talk about that or even if it's not directly fueling a, a piece of content as you said it makes you a more empathetic coach it makes you it improves the way that you deliver your service cool so why haven't you got a tv emma why have i not got a tv okay mm. well i do have one i just don't like it doesn't seem to work and then i just thought i never watch it anyway so <laughs> i didn't get a tv license and then i don't really watch things i don't and i have quite a short attention span like if i I can't remember the last time I watched a film. I sometimes would watch like a, an episode, like a series, because I can get into an episode. But yeah, I'm not not a big TV or film person. Do you spend much time on Instagram as a consumer rather than a creator? No, I try. I try to just be a creator, like create and not consume. It's tricky, though, isn't it? Difficult. Um, mm. Yeah. Wait, did I hear that? What did you say? I think that should just be, that should be the intro. What did you say? <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? And you just went. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is. It is. I think probably all of us, like, if you could spend less time on Instagram, you probably would, I imagine. And if you're following the right people, you can learn a hell of a lot on Instagram as well. Yeah. That's like turning something, though. That's like saying, it's all right that I can't stop because there are some good things about it. Like, Smoking is... helps me get my steps in, because I was... <laughs> exactly, like, oh, the, the, there's a guy who deals heroin, and, like, deep in his house, there's a really nice salad, like, at the end of his kitchen. <laughs> if I just make my way through his hallway... Yeah, and... up my heroin, I, I get a Subway salad on the way home, so... So it's getting... kind of fine. Well, like, I spoke to someone the other day who said that he uses, like, the whatever that thing is in the gym this is why you need to be a personal trainer before an online coach it's, it's one of those machines that i walk past and i'm like oh 
God, that's oh, terrible. Like, <laughs> j- just go outside and have a walk. But anyway, he uses this like ghastly bit of equipment um, and watches TikTok because he says that time passes so quickly when you're just like watching, going through TikTok that you can do like 40 minutes of a really boring exercise and it flies by. Now, the problem with that is the cross trainer, not the TikTok, I think. Like, if you want to actually enjoy your exercise, just step one, pick an exercise that you enjoy. So go outside for a walk. Don't stare yeah. at a white wall on a on one of them. Do something that you don't have to, like, numb yourself out to do. And then you don't need... Although, I do quite like TikTok. Yeah, it's habit stacking, isn't it? But it's... Almost like putting something good with something that you don't quite, like... It's in Atomic Habits. Yeah, yeah see? I, I don't know if it's good. even something good. It's, it's like found something that is almost a hack for accelerating time but isn't really enjoyable in itself it just makes time go by quicker to make time go by quicker really well like you could take a rohypnol and then do the cross trainer and then you forget that you've done it and it's fine it's all that happens guys didn't get that (laughs) in atomic habits that is not medical advice by the way (laughs) it's because james clear stole the idea off us wrote a book and sold it to us but yeah. missed out the best bit, which is the rehypnol with the cross trainer. That's what the book like crescendos up to, and he just cut it short. But right before it hits that, hits that tip. So, Johnny, you said you like TikTok. No, no, not really. Because I don't. Th- can you run ads on it? I don't think you can. I think just- so. A lot of, or well, a lot, a couple of um, personal trainers seem to be. Well, they say that they're doing it because they think they can monetize it. I think it's just because they like doing tiktok videos yeah but at some point they think they'll be able to monetize that i just can't get like i just can't be bothered to get into another app and it does Mm. just seem like children like i was talking to my friend who does it and i'm like you are almost 35 and i'm pretty sure you have like 10 year old girls following you and that just creeps me out that that's i think that's absolutely the problem that like it's another thing to have to manage it's very time consuming to make and um, potentially addictive the average age must be about three months old and um and it's just (laughs) like that population of people don't have a lot of spare cash so Mm-hmm. there's no the three months the three months people who are three months old don't have yeah. much spare cash yeah i <laughs> completely agree with that yeah i think what i like about it is just i mean i don't have a tiktok account so like of the tiktok i've seen it ju- it does just seem like pretty much everything every video on there is funny or like value or meant to be funny like some of them are just people dancing and like do you know what i really would like to know is what how long does it take people to do tiktok like i actually think some people have spent all day doing a 30 second video like getting it in sync and timing it properly yeah yeah there's privacy issues as well um the new ios 14 has revealed that like tiktok scrapes (laughs) your clipboard every every few seconds and just sends your passwords to china just to china just nowhere else boris johnson has blocked huawei from operating 5g in the uk yusuf this is getting a bit in, into territory that might get us banned from everything. So are you sure about that? So it was, or is that uh, something you've just read? So it, it's just like the UK have just been like, oh, we don't trust Huawei anymore. We're just, but to me, I, I don't see Huawei. why they're any worse than the rest of Are you Googling it? Yeah, that's been cut. It seems like there are, you know, they make nice phones. I mean, I wouldn't, I, th- I, I feel bad for anyone that has, a, has to use an Android phone, but... You know, we pay your money, you take a choice. I don't know how long Ugh. we'll get until Johnny's back now. Sorry. Um, okay, right. I got. I have a question for you guys. Yes, yeah, sure. So this, this is what I see progressing in the industry, is like face-to-face personal trainer moves online, does a couple of years, bam, now they are a business guru. Now <laughs> they teach other trainers how to yeah. train, how to build an online business yeah thoughts so i mean it, it, it's a good thing that they've even even done two years of face-to-face online training we we see loads of six-figure fit pro business gurus that just have no fitness business to speak of at all you google them and just nothing and you're like hmm that's a bit suspicious mm. yeah i actually had um a consultation with one who i was going to use for a business that i didn't run anymore 
and he was talking about his fitness business I didn't know why he didn't think I would do this but I was like oh what's it called like google it it didn't come up and then I was like he's like oh no it's on Facebook and I was like oh okay because he was like yeah it's got 2,000 people and like initially I was like okay cool one I would have heard of it like I've been in the industry a good minute now and Mm. two like you don't have like I I was at the time I was working for probably like the biggest within the UK sort of group coaching thing I was like, I've never heard of you, and they only get about four or five hundred people in each time they do it. So, like, how have you got two thousand? Like, I'd love to see, like, unless you are actually James Smith, who wasn't even around at the time. Like, mm. how I don't see anyone getting those kind of numbers. Anyway, didn't use them because, like, but like, why lie on a sales call? It's like such a blatant lie. I'm obviously going to Google you, but it just it does well. One, obviously, then you've got trust issues straight away. But I do think, and I do see that, like a lot of these people, you're right, like don't have online fitness businesses, or have never had. And I think it would be okay if they came from, say, like, yeah, but I have like a degree in business, or I am actually a marketer. Like, yeah, I don't have like yeah, a like fitness business, but if I they were. Like if, if there was someone from Ernst and Young that was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to come in in a consulting capacity and improve the processes in your business," fine. But you, you're even absolutely that, right. Then, it just even that's bullshit. Like I worked for a similar firm. It adds absolutely nothing. Like I, I went and got a professional qualification in business, and it adds absolutely nothing to this. So I think no, this yeah. is the only situation, in, in my view, anyway. Like there's all the advice. Sorry to talk over you, sir. No, it's all right. Like, I was like, no, I'm cross. I'm <laughs> no, say it's about bullshit. Well, well so, so there we go. So it comes back around then to what we were saying earlier, which is that you have to have achieved the result for yourself, at least some modicum of success, and be able to consistently produce that result in other people. And um, unfortunately, that the, the make money online um, corner of the internet is very, very scammy. And so it does become... It, but you're right, like you can't scam Google which is great. So if you're on that sales call and they're like, oh, my business is this, but don't Google it, then that's a red flag. Yeah, I think... I, and uh, I think credit to you guys on this because I would be much... Like, I would much rather go to you because you are a brand in this instance because, you know, someone might come to... I don't know, let's even say me, even though I've actually created like a couple of separate businesses. But they might be like, yeah, okay, but... Like, how do you know I've not created this because I am me? I see. Like, and, and actually it's uh, selling myself is easy, but I don't know how to sell for you or I don't know how to create this for you. Whereas because you've created a brand, you've almost already done that. That makes sense. Like, the, I mean, the, to be honest, the only reason that we do business coaching is because we were doing fitness coaching and because our content was quite um, kind of lots of physiological processes and um, in-depth stuff that, so it attracted a lot of personal trainers and they were messaging us if we were working with them in a fitness capacity being like, Oh, can you help me with some of my systems for coaching clients? And can you help me with how you've done this and that? And and so we were like, well, actually like we've already done all this stuff. We may as well just document it and teach it as a separate product. Yeah. That makes sense. I think, I think I know who you're referring to. I won't say the person's name, but I think that sort of stuff I, I completely see like from a high level, it's like, I understand why they're doing that because it is like selling someone to work with you to lose weight on the internet, like in very basic terms is quite hard to do. Like that's challenging, especially what was the number? 2000 people. They said they worked with. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So like, that's, that's quite hard. Like we, I imagine you, like client numbers we've probably worked over the years of, of doing it, probably similar ish numbers. And it's like into the thousands over time. And that's, that's difficult. Like that mm-hmm. took us quite a long time to do with lots of things that didn't work very well and lots of frustration. So like, it's not something that you can just, it, it, it doesn't, it isn't just like, Oh, that happened. Then it you know disappear again. Like it, it, there's a lot of traction that has to happen. So I can see why you might, if you struggle doing that, why you might then say, right, well, it might be easier to sell someone something that is just make money online. Cause a lot of people do that. And there's, there's a whole industry wrapped around that. But I mean, 
I, I think it's horrendous personally. Like I think it's just, it just, there's no moral fiber in, in someone who's willing to, to totally lie and take someone's money. But if these people have results and they are helping them, like and people are going through it and it's helping, then I suppose that's, that's all right. I just think it's from a, a not a great starting point. Um, but I mean, we, so my one second. So this is the problem with using your iPhone as a camera. Yeah, you're back. You're back. So that was someone. Calling and that's someone's calling me. Oh my god! The same guy. So yeah, it's sorry, Emma. Yeah, no, I agree with your point. Like, if and honestly, if I'd started working with them and they got me great results, I wouldn't really care that they'd not done it themselves. So I'm so sorry about that. So, yeah, we back. Can we cut that <laughs> yeah, out? Yeah. Cool. Gosh, um, how I know. So that's the problem. That there is the problem with using your phone as a camera on Zoom. Because okay. if someone calls no, you, you just get stuck in or whatever I was doing. Um, but yeah, so I think the, yeah, it's, it's that, it's the whole thing that we've been talking about the whole time, isn't it? Of like, can you help someone to do that if you've not done it before? And I think the main thing, because there's so many books out there about how to do it, like the, like theoretical books on selling online or online marketing. I think the thing we've just found is it, it does just change in the fitness industry because suddenly you're dealing with someone who like, doesn't know what a webinar is or doesn't know like why you're sending them emails all the time or doesn't know why they need to get on a strategy call with you and all these things. And they just like, they just want to lose weight and they think that you can help them because they saw something interesting on Instagram. So like a lot of the stuff that, that might work in the, in the online marketing world doesn't really translate into this. And so that, I think that's the part like the nuance that is quite hard if you've not done it before um, to teach basically yeah it, no, it must wrong. depend who your like your business clients are like who your personal trainer are that are trying to build these businesses and then who their like target market is and then i guess also like if you're trying to sell like high ticket whatever it's like a thousand pounds a month to work with me probably going to expect some kind of sales call like strategies whatever going for because that's a lot of money to part with if you're like, this is a group coaching program, it's costing you effectively £15 a week. Like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I don't do sales calls for that. But they're signing up because they listen to all the podcasts and they already have that buy-in. They kind of know what they're getting already. But I wouldn't be doing a sales call. Yeah. Um, uh, just to give you some context, I'm not, like, I'm not, I realise I'm looking at a screen. We're just getting messages from a guy who's just started working from, for us who says he needs to speak to one of us urgently. <laughs> And, oh I, and he won't explain uh, why. Fine. He says, I, I know you're on a podcast, but I need to speak to someone. It's urgent. Okay, cool. Well, shall we... So I mean, wrap up? I think we've, we've <laughs> been through everything that we wanted to discuss anyway. So on that emergency note, um, Emma, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really good to catch no, up. No, thank on. you so much for having me on. And sorry, to, I feel like I've just torpedoed the end of this <laughs> podcast from like my camera I think, pausing. I, I think we then, should leave this in. I think it'll be no, like, so you stuff did something to me, Emma, which is the worst thing he's ever done on a podcast, right? Well, we were interviewing Eric Helms. It, it was just wrapping up. Yusuf's Tesco delivery arrived right in the background. And he's just going and like, Eric's like just talking about like where you can find him and all this sort of stuff. Yusuf then oh, leaves. No. So I'm then with Eric as like what I think is the end of the podcast happens. I then like go to have small talk with Eric and Eric just leaves. So I'm just left in a Zoom meeting room. So I like go like, oh yeah, man, thanks. That. And he's gone. And I'm just like. Was he mad? No, I, well, I don't know. But there's just footage of me at the end of the call, just sat there like, and then I press end. And Yusuf left, left that in the recording. Yeah, I'm, I'm a great business partner to work with, to be honest. So yeah, there we go. Um, Emma, thank you. You are very welcome. Yes, thank you. I think that was, I think that's the most fun I've had on one of these podcasts seriously wow i feel honored as long as the emergency that we're tending to now is not really it looks quite bad probably fill me in on like because that seems very urgent if you're like i know you're on a podcast but i know i know that's what's worrying well i hope they are okay okay what could it be let's go let's sort that out cool put out the fire thank you emma find out more about you oh yeah okay i (laughs) sorry so ES, at ESG Fitness on Instagram or www.esgfitness.co.uk. I have, so that's like my, that's probably where you'll find everything, but I also have a nutrition course called EIQ Nutrition. 
and now a one-stop marketing place for personal trainers not run by me well run with me but there is a marketing person who knows far more about all that stuff than me nice and that's called afm marketing very cool all right cool we'll put those in the description and speak soon awesome want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.